Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. This is the show for coaches, speakers, and trainers who want to grow their businesses while making an impact in the world. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and today we have an incredible episode with a special guest talking about how we can find the money that is hidden in our business. And I'm really curious because I've already checked under the mattress. Unfortunately, I haven't found any, so that might not be the right place. But before we introduce our guest today, I want to remind you uh, about our expert business checklist. Now, if you are new to the podcast and you have not downloaded it yet, you need to get it right now. In particular, you know, when you're running a business as an expert in your field, knowing where to start is very difficult. Um, there are a lot of, Everyone is telling you, Facebook ads are the best thing and uh, you need to do Facebook groups and you need to do YouTube ads. But the reality is all these strategies work. What's important is what matters to you and your business and what strategy is best for you. And that's you need clarity first. So to get that clarity, make sure you get the expert business checklist, which uh, when you complete it, it's going to give you an automatic, automatically an action plan that uh, you can focus on. And then you know where to invest your time, money, energy and effort to grow your business so check it out you can just need just just scroll down in the show notes and the link is going to be there or you can go into gtex.events forward slash expert biz checklist so gtex.events forward slash expert biz checklist and that's where you can get it now without further ado it's time to introduce our guest for today uh, David started marketing online in the mid-90s at the dawn of the email age. His work includes marketing in the classical music and wine industries, as well as running a Facebook ads agency. David is the co-owner of the marketing strategy consulting firm, The Prepared Group. David, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Simone, I am super. Thank you so much for having me on. Super, super, super. So before we talk about finding money that is hidden in the business, and, and as I mentioned, I checked under the mattress, not there. So it must be sitting somewhere else. So we're going to find out. But before we sure. go there, I know you are a wine connoisseur and you are a wine expert. We had actually a few conversations around wines and I got, I, I, I actually, as a, one of my date nights, I got your course um, on... <laughs> <laughs> becoming a wine connoisseur so okay i i'm really excited to check that out cool but i want to know what is your favorite wine oh like, wow that, that's one, a tough one like, and... hall of famer i know you gotta have a number <laughs> one like the one that you go to yeah. when you want to celebrate something sure so um uh, you know it's it's one that i don't come across very often but when i do it's a it is a special wine and it's uh a winery based in Spain, in the Rioja region. Do you know, do you know uh, much about uh, this uh -huh. region? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I turned forty, I decided I'm gonna celebrate by getting a bunch of birth year wine from this winery because they age their wine so beautifully. And I'm getting close to fifty, and I still have a case left of my birth year wine from a winery called Lopez de Heredia very, very famous uh, vineyard they have called Tandonia. 
And um, those, are the, those are the key words you need to look up when you're, uh, when you're going uh, online or you're going over to where, where BBR or wherever you're going. Isn't Berry Brothers, right? They probably have it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. tell me a bit more about this wine. Like, how does it taste? Sure. So, uh, if, if anybody has ever experienced Rioja wines, they're probably drinking very young, um, forward wines because that's kind of the modern style. Generally, but the, yes. old, yeah. the old style of Rioja, which is what Lopez de Heredia is all about, is um, first of all, aging. So, they don't release their wines for somewhere between, depending on the bottling, seven to 10 years. So already you have wines that have matured and have secondary and tertiary character to them, which is super exciting because those are flavors that most people don't get to encounter. But there's a wonderful combination of um, spice and um, uh, non-fruit flavors that I just love in these wines, especially when I'm you know, drinking them as, uh, uh, alongside the sort of classic pairing, uh, garlic and peppers and lamb are sort of a, a great uh, flavor combination with these wines. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got to check it out. I got to check it out. And uh, uh, now I'm curious, you see, uh, and probably this was uh, what I'm going to do while I'm watching uh, your video training. <laughs> I'm going to get that bottle of wine. So we have uh, like a, we got a David Bear, a David Bear night. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the results of it. Actually, I'm sitting here, and uh, right in front of me is uh, a postcard from the winery itself. So, Vina Tandonia wow. um, from Lopez de Heredia, um, and you can you can look it up um, uh, online or at, uh, at at Barry Brothers and Rudd is probably a good place to to find it. All right, so let's talk. uh, We're not here to talk about wine, though. But that's oh, too bad. Uh, Too bad. That's that's a business podcast. It's not a wine podcast. (laughs) But you know, I like to get to know. To I I want uh, our listeners and the people from our community to get to know also the people behind the show and something that is that they are passionate about, other than the business that they do. But let's talk about uh, business and marketing. what got you involved in what you're doing right now? What was the, 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 the thing that got you to say, you know what, I got to help now more businesses fi- yeah. finding more money and getting more leads and become great at the marketing part of it? Well, in fact, it starts back when I was in the classical music and the theater industry where I was marketing. I was getting people to buy tickets to see shows, right? Um, I was getting people to buy wine to uh, uh, celebrate life events or just enjoy a night out. And um, I learned a ton about marketing in in those businesses. And then I bought my own business. I bought a franchise and I tapped into what the franchise taught me I needed to do marketing wise. Hmm. And you know what? It failed. And I thought, wait a second, I, I bought a system. It should have worked, but it didn't. Yeah. And that's when I realized, gosh, there's, there's a lot more to marketing than I understood up until now. And I turned my attention to really digging into how small businesses need to market systematically and strategically as opposed to what I was doing, which was tactically Right. I was just doing the one or two activities that they told me to do. And as I got a little bit deeper into understanding marketing through a strategic lens, 
right? I'm, I'm here currently. I want to get over there. What are the things I need to do to accomplish that? And it's always going to be different depending on the situation a business is in and what they want that outcome to be. And, and so I, I moved from being actually I, I actually started a, a marketing agency where I was running Facebook ads and running campaigns for people. And I kept encountering business owners who weren't thinking strategically and I wanted to mm. encourage them to. And ultimately, I couldn't convince enough people that they needed to think more broadly than the, the tactics they were hiring me for. So uh, I met up with my now partner, Ken Cook, who you, you know, yeah. and we were both commiserating over this challenge we had in our own businesses as agency owners and said, you know what, we should start a strategy consulting firm. And that's what we've done. We've been doing it for yeah. three plus years now where we have been focusing on the strategic approach to marketing and helping businesses that understand the concept, but haven't necessarily implemented the concept, um, how to build out systems to strategically attract, convert, and retain clients. You know what? It's so powerful what you said for a few parts here in, in what you mentioned. One is the strategies versus tactic fight. And it's yep. almost like a light versus darkness, ever-ending fight. Uh, because uh, and what people are looking for most of the time and what they search for, they're looking for the tactics. How do mm -hmm. I run my YouTube ads? How do I do my Facebook ads? How do I run Facebook groups? How do I do Instagram marketing? But if the machine is not working and the strategy behind it actually is not something that moves the client to buy to buy them more later on you can run these incredible facebook ads and then get nothing not because the facebook ads that you did is wrong but because all your strategic part behind the business is uh, is not working but uh, what i found though and i'm curious to hear how you overcame that you know that strategic part is so essential but it's not sexy oh no it's that, not and that's why people like really like you. Uh, how did you manage to package it so that people could understand the sexiness of it? Yeah. Well, you know, funny thing you should ask because it happens to be the topic that we are covering today. So, uh, you you know you know Ken you know me and we we actually um, uh, approach our business from two very different angles. Ken is a. Um, like next level thinker, highly cerebral. And he's not, uh, he, he's, a, he's a very sophisticated marketer, but he's not a good messenger. Messaging is the key here. And so when, when Ken approaches it, he says, well, it's all about businesses looking for predictability in their revenue. And, and I'm thinking, gosh, Ken, that's not very sexy, is it? Right? So we, we did a split test. We, we tested his approach which is predictability and revenue, right? Mm -hmm. Against my approach, which is uncover money that's hiding right in front of you. Sexy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it because it, it is about how the message is delivered. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a, a lesson for everyone as well, already listening on the show, that maybe you are not selling the latest trends. Maybe you're not selling uh, what's hotter right now, but you're selling something that you know is the foundation 
for everything else, whether it's on a personal development, whether it's on business development, whether it's on relationship, depending on the field that you're in. So it's your role to make your message sexy. So then people come in to say, oh, what's that about? And then you can say, hey, here it is. And this is why it's important, but at least you get their attention instead of them just scrolling past or not even noticing. And, uh, and I think the other lesson here is the split test. Like, don't be afraid to test. You might have two conflicting messages or two messages that you want to see which one works best. Use them both. See which one attracts more people. That's the winner because sometimes the one that you are in love with is not the one that your ideal clients are in love with. I love that. And uh, there's a few different ways that I like to teach people to test. One of them is something that I learned from uh, a guy who I think you you know as well named Seth Green, who learned it from a, another guy who uh, is a big uh, Facebook marketer. And it was a super simple Facebook ads campaign where Seth, Seth taught me this kind of cool. You take like a, um, a, 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 a image of a post-it note and you put different messages on the post-it notes. So it's you know, like um, a little, uh, you know, what, what do you call those images that you just find online? I'm, it's blanking right now, but you, you yeah, just- like you, a stock you, image. Yes, yeah, a little stock image, and then you type text over it. You go to canva.com and you can just create one of these. Um, yeah. And so you run the ad, it's just the, the post-it note with a little message and nothing else, no context for it. You get it in front of your target audience and a little, you know, click, click, uh, your, you know, sign up or whatever the, the call to action is learn more and, and spend 20, 30, 40 bucks and see which one gets more clicks. Now, where, where do you send them? Doesn't even matter. Right? You're just testing. You're just testing all you're pick. testing is the message. Yeah. 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 You're not testing a conversion. You're not testing the landing page. You're not testing how many people from the ad that click. You're just testing the message. And yeah. with literally like 30, 40 dollars or pounds depending where you're listening to then uh, you can have your result oh thank you for sharing that uh, mm -hmm. and you know what like it's a strategy that i know but have i ever used it nope so locked in reminder yes. to use yeah. because i got to i got a few ideas in mind mm -hmm. so let, let's get started with um, um oh actually now before uh before we go into more my uncovering where like the strategic approach that you, that you want to present today. Um, I'm curious about like a particular episode, for example, that you had uh, with a client that maybe they came to you for a specific thing and they say, oh, okay, uh, David, we need to know how um, to attract more clients. And we are trying these different strategies. And then you did, you found something that uh, was a fundamental mistake that they have made in their strategy that made that, that you had to solve so then people can visualize a bit more like the process of your process and how you work with clients and where to find as well those those holes that there are sure so you know we we go through a discovery process um when we are initially onboarding a client um and we ask them the same questions that we ask in advance of them even becoming a client which is tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing and we can hear all kinds of things, but the most consistent answer is, right? The first, first, the example that you gave, Simone, is uh, I need more clients. I need more um, mm -hmm. traffic. I need more people coming to us um, fresh and new for the first time, 
right? That's what most businesses think they need. Now, you, you heard how I phrased that, right? They think they need more prospects. Yep. And so one of the questions that we ask them is, well, tell us about the process for taking in a prospect and leading them through your sales or presentation process and converting them. And so they, they will tell us. And then the, the next question we ask is, okay, well, tell us about the people who don't convert. You know what the answer is, right? Yeah, go ahead. Well, the, uh, they weren't interested. So what, what do I need to do with them? I, I didn't follow up with them. I didn't you know, bother communicating with them anymore. They just, they because went away. They didn't buy it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that is probably the biggest source for untapped money that's sitting right in front of you. All of those prospects who raised their hand initially to say, I'm interested, but for some reason didn't move forward and may very well be interested down the road. But because you as a business owner neglect to follow up with them, stay in front of them, continue to communicate with them, give them additional opportunities to engage with you, you're missing out on money that's sitting there in front of you. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a, immediately like a, a, I wouldn't say a simple one, but one of the biggest one, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, uh, I know that when I reach out, for example, to people that didn't buy from me and asking them, why not? You know, like, why haven't you bought from me? Then I get my best ideas for product development. And uh, the question for you is, uh, now, from your experience, what are the main reasons why people don't buy straight away? Because we, in an ideal world, this is what we want to do. I've got a great service. I know I've got a great service. I've got a great product. I'll put it out and everyone buys. Yeah. And then reality kicks in. So <laughs> what are the reasons why people don't buy? Well, the, the, the biggest reason is that the majority of people are not in buying mode at any given time. Right. It's it's less than 10 percent. I've seen any any anywhere between four and seven percent of people who are actually inquiring or looking for a solution are at the point in the buying process that or in, in the process that they're actually thinking about making a purchase. Everybody else is just window shopping or gathering information. And therefore, if you only focus on people who are ready to buy and disregard everybody else, you're, you're missing out on people who actually would be ready to buy at another point, right? Yeah. So that, that's, that's the biggest reason, right? People are typically going through a process of consideration mm. and understanding the way that we as humans make buying decisions. You need to tap into the fact that we're not all as, um, uh, I don't know, uh, motivated to, to buy anything that shows up right in front of us. It's not like we're at the checkout counter at the, at the, uh, uh, at the grocery, at the market, right? And you have this yeah. impulse thing that you're putting right in front of everybody and everybody's going to say, yes, I need that stick of gum. Yes, I need that um, tabloid you know, uh, publication or whatever it is that, that's in front of them, right? You have... Typically, particularly those of us who are in uh, coaching, consulting, advising kind of roles in our businesses, right? Mm. There is a lot of back and forth consideration. Is this the right path for me to go down? 
thinking in the prospect's mind before they are ready to make that decision. Yeah, that, that's a huge one. That's a huge one. And I think that bearing that in mind, you have, uh, you can make some strategic decision in, in your business. You know, one is, uh, okay, so how am I going to move people from the not interested state or not buying state to a consideration phase? That's yep. one point. And also, every time you're running a promotional campaign, knowing that your role as a business owner is actually to grow. If you have that, you know, three to 7%, four to 7% of people that will always buy, that aren't going to buy my mode, in your database, in your list, in your followers, you have that little window. Your role as a business owner is adding more and more people. So then you always have this percentage because one of the problems I see sometimes with people and with businesses is that they don't bring, because they don't bring new leads, that 3% or 7% is always the same. And then when they buy, when they buy, then when they buy, and then it reduces. Right. And then they arrive to a point where there is like, oh, but I, no one is buying anymore. Oh, the people that were, could buy, they've already bought. What do you want? <laughs> so yeah, this is true. You do need to consistently and continuously bring in new prospects, but it doesn't mean that you need to focus all of your energy on the new prospects to make sales. So there's a couple of points I wanna make here. Um, number one, when we are building out uh, any kind of communication campaign, regardless of the medium, whether it's uh, telephone, uh, whether it's you know direct mail, whether it's email, the follow-up process, we have kind of two different nurture campaigns that we do. When somebody shows up for the first time, we do a, what we call a short-term nurture campaign, which is to get them to take a very specific action. Right. But for everybody who does not take that action, right, that 93 to 96%, we put them into, we move them into a long-term nurture. And that's, for me, as simple as somebody opts into a webinar or you, you do five day challenges uh, for the five day or 30 day, you do challenges. Yeah, five, five I, I just day, knew that. Five day. <laughs> right. Five day. Um, and, and some of those people at the end of the challenge, you know, graduate to becoming a client and many of them won't. So what do you do with them? Well, you can move them into a, an ongoing relationship. The easiest way to do that is to just move them to your broadcast email list, for example. That's what I do. I, I take people, they opt in um, for one of our lead magnets, something that we give away in exchange for collecting their, their contact information. We then take them from a logical uh, place. You know, you opted in to get this information. Well, here would be the next logical step once you've consumed that information and know a little bit more about how to address the problem or the, um, the, the you know, situation that you're in. And it's usually get on the phone with us, for example, or to, to jump on a Zoom call with us. Right. Um, other businesses might have a, a different scenario depending on the, the industry. That depends on the strategic yeah. of, of how, what's your, what's your sales right. process, basically. Right. Um, but for many people, they're not going to move into that phone call or that Zoom call or, or showing up in a retail shop or whatever. Well, we just move them to the weekly broadcast and we continue to have a call to action Hey, by the way, if this resonated with you and now is a good time, here's what to do next. And that's it. It's so simple to stay in front of these people and get them to take action when they're ready. So that's that's point number one I want to make. Yep. 
But before I move on to number two, do you you want to <laughs> jump in at all? No, I'm okay. okay. I'm curious about point number two. It makes it makes perfect sense. It makes yeah. perfect sense. And uh, it, and for people that don't do it, uh, or they have collected lists and they are not consistent in their approach, you know, you're losing a lot of money. That's yeah. that's that's all I'm telling you. So point number two. So a few minutes ago, you said when I asked people. Uh, about why they didn't buy, and I get answers from them. That's when I get some of the best ideas about new things I can offer. Yeah. Right? Well, another place where money is hiding inside your business is offering additional things to your existing Mm -hmm. clientele or to the prospects who aren't interested in your initial offer. And so going back to prospects and saying, here's what else I have for you, and going to existing clients and say, hey, you, you already love us, and here's something else we can offer you. Well, that's another place where you can easily help them to address whatever need they have yeah. and earn additional income. How, so how do you find out what additional services you could potentially put in front of clients. Let's say that you have this uh, this list of people that didn't buy, right? Yeah. Uh, what one option could be? You know, um, just guessing, <laughs> and maybe they will need that. Do you have a more structured approach to find out uh, what to put in front of them? Yeah. So you remember that uh, that messaging ad campaign that we talked about a little bit earlier, where you just basically. Okay throw something out there and see what people do. Well, that's a great way to do it. Um, One way you might do this is send an email out to your list. Let's say you've collected this list of prospects, you know, over time Mm -hmm. you have a few hundred or a few thousand people on your list and you say something along the lines of, and, and it has to come from somewhere. It can't be some crazy idea that you've just thought of and say, Hey, this would be great if I could sell this too, right? It, it probably comes from a conversation with an existing client where they have a need yeah. and you say, oh, well, I might be able to um, develop something to address that need, right? So, so the ideas are going to come from somewhere, right? I love sharing the stories. I love transparency. I love to say, you know, I was in a meeting last week with uh, my client, uh, Ned, not Ned's real name, by the way. Um, Ned. And, yeah. and Ned and I were talking about this, and here's the situation he's in. And, and I, I realized I could really help him if only I had this service available or this product or this course or whatever it is that would fulfill that need. Oh, I like that. So I'm thinking about putting this together. Before I do, I'm curious, would you be interested? Mm-hmm. Just send an email out and give them a mechanism for answering, which could simply be hit reply and let me know if you're in, right? <laughs> Don't need to have a complex funnel or a survey. No. Just hit reply. Let me know if you're interested. That's right. it. Right. Well, that's a super simple way of doing it. Uh, you could do something more uh, sophisticated. Maybe, you know, um, here, here's the five things that we're thinking about doing next in our business. Um, we'd love to, you know, get your, uh, you know, level of interest. Um, why don't you come and fill out this form and we'll rank them. And the one that is, you know, gets the most interest, that's what we're going to release next. That's another way to do it. And there's probably a yeah. dozen other ways that are as simple as those two. No, so we talked about uh, um, different ways. 
in which we uncover to uncover money. So one is to keep in touch and the amount of people that don't do it. Like sometimes people say, oh, but really, is that simple? Yes, it's that simple. But are you doing it? <laughs> That's my question to, to everyone here who's, who's listening or watching. Uh, so keeping in touch regularly and always, uh, which is another distinction that you put, always put a call to action to what their next step was going to be in your sales process. Because I also find people that now they spend time creating weekly newsletters and they keep in touch, but they don't put a call to action. Like they don't put the next step. They just keep nurturing and nurturing and nurturing and nurturing, nurturing to the point that now that person loses interest because you're not offering anything. So <laughs> that, well, that's there's, a there's, there's a key to the call to action thing, which is not always necessarily the next step in the sales process. It's training. Okay. It's training. It, it, we're we're going to talk about email because it's the most effective way to stay in touch and the way that um, I think is most personal in how it's consumed. Right. So let's, let's talk about email. Um, if you train people to open your emails. So you, in order to get them to open, you have to either be actually both be somebody that they're looking forward to hearing from, right. Which means you got to give a good content. It can't always be, um, you know, mundane or boring. Otherwise they're never going to open. And so, so that's the first thing they're looking at is who's this email from, and then an enticing enough um, uh, subject line that says, I want to know more. I want to know what this is about, whether it's curiosity, whether it's, uh, you know, something that's going to uh, a special, you know, announcement or whatever it is that's going to um, uh, um, resonate with your audience, right? You got to figure out what that is, which means you need to know your audience and have a, yeah. you know, clear and specific audience. Going back to the strategic importance of the strategic yes. work and knowing your audience and the niche, which is not as sexy but without that, nothing else really works. So, right. so then once you've trained them to open up your emails, you got to train them to take action from within your emails. And so if you have content, content, content for weeks on end, and then, you know, out of nowhere, you have a call to action, do something. Well, people are a lot less likely to do something. But if you don't want to be selling or pushing people all the time toward book a call with me or whatever other call to action you know, um, is next in your sales process, well, tell them to do something else. Tell them to click and go watch a video that you made. Tell them to click and join a Facebook group that you've started. Tell them to, you know, click and check out somebody else's offer that you're promoting. Yeah. There's any number of things that you can tell them to do each and every time you send out an email. And by the way, one call to action per email. One call to action per email, not giving them... Uh... 15 different things that they can do. They can click on and watch a bit of this, watch a bit of that. Can I add a caveat to that though? Can I add a caveat? Sure. And by the way, I'm, I, I just broke that rule because I'm co-promoting two things at once. And I, and so, yes, I have multiple calls to action, but, no, but like, it's, it's not like common. The, the, rule, the rule of thumb, the rule of thumb, I, I 100% agree with you, is one call to action per email. But the, the caveat is an email newsletters where you might have, you know, like a top uh, um, article. Oh, sure. Different uh, sections. Yeah. Different sections. And you have this is my podcast for the week. Uh, yes. This is my. But still, if you're looking at why email newsletters work is that they train you to click. For when you have the only call to action, which is to buy something or to do it. So there is still a purpose of it. That's the only caveat I wanted to add. Yeah. 
today's for 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 our pickier, pickiest listeners that they say no actually this you can there well, some I'm, not, I'm not listening to anything else david bear says right, because he exactly. told me only because one call per action one call to action and it's like no you can cut it cut some slack we're talking about rule of thumb but i know we have this kind of people that are listening to us so they need to make a point now so the other thing that we talked about so we talked about keeping in touch regularly call to actions training your audience to click and to take the action that ultimately you want them to take you you mentioned as well about uh, adding an extra an additional service uh, mm -hmm. that can help your audience even more whether are your existing clients or potential new clients um there is is there something that we have missed or did well, we you know there, there's the, some of the yeah there there's uh, there's a whole bunch that we've missed because that that list is endless but i'm going to i'm going to give you a general just give me concept yeah just give me general one, concept, general, general concept that that we really focus mm -hmm. on a, a lot in our business is helping our clients figure out how to what i call programmatically over deliver or in other words what, what ken uh, refers to as surprise delight and wow how do you build into the way that you deliver what you deliver such excitement and enthusiasm for you as a business, as a service provider, as a, as a product developer, what, whatever you happen to do, that your existing clientele love you so much and are looking for additional ways to either spend money with you or introduce others to you? Right. This is another area that I think a lot of businesses tend to get lazy because they're not they're, they're thinking, oh, gosh, first you're telling me I got to like communicate on an ongoing basis. That's such a pain in the neck. And now you want me to actually like go above and beyond. Why can't I just be really good at what I do? Well, what this over delivery does is it helps support existing clients interest in wanting to spend more money with you in wanting to endorse you and recommend you and refer others to you and then when you build systems around that on top of this programmatic over delivery that's when the money starts flowing in nonstop. Oh, i love that i love that and uh, no that's a that's something that um, i'm actually thinking even more and more at the moment is like how can we create this wow factor within uh, within gtex and uh, you know it is a it is really powerful and incentivizing your members to and your clients to keep referring new clients you know you just had you just made a sale you know you made a sale you have someone that can become an advocate for your brand that can introduce more people like themselves and if there is one thing that we know is that people hang out with people that are like themselves Mm -hmm. So if you get a new clients, you know that they are connected at least to five or six other people, other correct people that can introduce to your services. So very powerful, David. I, I love this. Um, I love this this show because um, we are talking about principles, and I'm a big fan of principles, and I'm a big fan of uh, what on the surface cannot be sexy, but it's actually is uh, when you have the system running in your business, and there is never ending. And it's a never-ending process how you can build on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. 
then uh, you, you really have something, you have already a machine that is working for you. And that's what I'm really excited about. So um, if someone wants to reach out to you, David, say either they want to work with you, they maybe need, need help, they were inspired by the show and they said, you know what, I'd love to see what to check out uh, David and Ken a bit more, see what they have or I want to work with you. What's the best way to reach out to you? Sure. Well, they, they can reach us directly through our website, which is conveniently easy to pronounce. It's the preparedgroup.com. And um, the yeah, so preparedgroup.com. It's perfect. It's easy. Even an Italian can pronounce it. So you're good. Bellissimo. <laughs> Sadly. So the preparedgroup.com. And I know also that you have a checklist. What's the checklist yeah. about? So the checklist actually um, covers some of the pieces that we've talked about here and a whole lot more because there are multiple elements to the process that we talk about, which um, we've called the, now I, I, I'm going to rename this now that I've told you uh, um, what Ken and I believe <laughs> our messaging should be. Um, we call it the predictable revenue framework. And that's the checklist that we offer guides you through the predictable revenue framework. But in fact, what I should start calling it is the hidden money <laughs> checklist. The sexiest, um, the sexiest. Right. <laughs> so, poor, um, Ken, I, poor Ken. Uh, yeah, I, I can't Ken guarantee show, what. When we get Ken on the show, he's probably going to get his revenge. You know that. Right. I'm sure. <laughs> <On you. laughs> I'm sure. Well, I, I, I don't know what the page will say when you arrive there, but if you're interested in the checklist, you can grab it at thepreparedgroup.com slash, get this, this is a little confusing, slash checklist. No way. <laughs> no way. The Easy naming convention, isn't it? Thepreparedgroup.com forward slash checklist. Uh, check it out. And also you can scroll down and the link is in the show notes. Now, before we wrap up with David, this incredible podcast interview, which I really want you to take notes, make sure you take action. No, I don't need to repeat those things, but no, I need to repeat those things because I want you to take notes and I want you to take action. Also, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure you subscribe so then you don't miss any other episodes and let us know with the review what you thought about this show. You know, if you enjoy the show, reviews are the life and blood of the podcast. Uh, that's how we attract incredible guests like David. That's how we grow. That's how we attract more incredible people like you. And uh, if you want to this podcast to grow and you believe in our mission that we have in turning experts into authorities and how you can do that too, then make sure you leave us a review and let us know uh, what you thought about this show. So now to wrap up, David, if we had to summarize um, with a final message, the, this interview, what would be your final message? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there, there is money that is hiding in each and every one of our businesses. And, um, you know, there's a few different ways that we've discussed where to find that money. Um, unconverted prospects is one. Um, finding additional ways to earn revenue from additional offers and understanding how to figure out what those offers ought to be. And then programmatically over-delivering to your existing clientele are all paths to finding access to that money that's sitting there right in front of you that you can reach out and grab if you only knew how. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, David Baer, Thank you very much. It has been an incredible show. And remember, until next time, together we grow exponentially. Ciao. 
Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.